Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other person's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So our message today is trusting God through trials. And that is kind of the main theme of Peter's letter here. And he returns to that theme this morning. That idea of trials coming to a Christian throughout their life. And we know that when Peter wrote this letter, the Christians were just starting to be persecuted. And that particular persecution lasted about another 200 years. But we can say that persecution of Christians never really stopped. And it it continues to this very day around the world. So Paul gives these people, as well as us, Four attitudes that are necessary to persevere through persecution. The first thing that Peter says is to expect it. Expect it. He says, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you. Don't think it strange when you're persecuted. Don't be surprised by the suffering that will come our way because we follow Christ. The suffering is not an accident. That's not the way God works. God is completely in control. There is no chance. There is no luck with Him. He controls everything. And He allows suffering to test us, to purge us, to purify us, to cleanse us. And when you think about suffering, most of us have suffered at some point in time. And when you think about it in general, most people probably think, why me? When bad stuff happens, why me? Why do these things always happen to me? We feel as if nobody else understands. As if nobody else has gone through the things that we are going through. And I don't mean to belittle anyone's pain here, 
because there is something unique about uh, each and every one of our own experiences and our own situations. But whatever you are suffering through or have suffered through, I know there's other people out there that have gone through the same thing or at least a similar thing as you. Feel alone, feel depressed, lost a loved one, trouble with your job, trouble with your marriage, trouble with your children, trouble with the law, trouble with the IRS, trouble with the neighbors. You're not alone. Other people have those same experiences and those same troubles as well. And even if it feels like the world is against you, and sometimes it does, God is not. He's still there waiting for you with open arms. So suffering is a normal part of the Christian experience. And God has a purpose in our suffering. That is something we need to remember as well. So Peter says, don't think it strange that you're going to suffer as a Christian. The second attitude to have regarding suffering is to rejoice in it. He says, rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. Why do we rejoice through our trials? Because the Christian who suffers for Christ suffers with Christ. Suffering brings us closer to Christ. It prepares us for the return of Christ as well. When we're persecuted for the righteous life that we live, we can know that a reward awaits for us in heaven. And there's no shortcut for living with Christ. There's no easy way. Suffering is a part of the Christian's life and it develops us. It matures us. It draws us closer to Christ. So we should rejoice in our suffering. Because God rests on you when you do endure and persevere through your suffering. When we're suffering for Christ, God is there with us, strengthening us and enabling us to endure our persecution. And that is really the greatest proof that you are a Christian and that God has saved you. That you're, in, you're able to be drawn closer to God and to persevere through your suffering. And that, for sure, is something to rejoice over. But sometimes we suffer because we did wrong. And that's the third attitude that Peter talks about. One, we should expect suffering. Two, we should rejoice in suffering. But three, we should evaluate the reason why we're suffering. If we sin and we're suffering because of our sin, then we cannot glorify God because we're suffering because we did wrong although we can glorify God through our witness during our suffering. 
For example, let's say that a Christian sins and kills someone, murders them. They're convicted and sent to prison. And no doubt that was punishment and they will suffer in prison because of their sin. That is not suffering for Christ. When you're in prison because you murdered someone, you're not suffering for Christ. You're suffering because of your own fault, because of your own sin. God is not glorified because of that. However, if that person lives a Christian life in prison and witnesses to the other prisoners, witnesses to the the, uh, the guards and so on, then God can be glorified through that person's suffering. And that's the distinction Peter is making here. Don't be surprised when you suffer for Christ. But also don't be surprised when you suffer for your own sin. And you cannot glorify God because of your sin when you suffer. You see, there is a difference. There is a distinction there. We need to take responsibility for our actions and suffer the consequences when we do wrong. But even while we're suffering for our sins, we can glorify God. But when we suffer for Christ, for doing what is right, God gets the glory that He rightly deserves. And it's interesting when you when you look at that list of a few uh, sins that Peter lists there that we would suffer for. He does mention murder. He mentions theft. And he mentions just other evil doing, other crimes. But he also mentions a troublesome meddler. You know, whenever you murder someone or you steal something or you commit some type of crime, you should be prepared to suffer the consequences of your sin. Be prepared to suffer the consequences of your actions. But that last item, the troublesome meddler, the busybody, the gossiper, spreading rumors around. Peter includes that in the lists. He makes no distinction between that and murder, nor does God. When you break one portion of God's law, it's as if you broke them all. So in God's eyes, it doesn't matter if you are murdering people or you're gossiping about them. It's all sin just the same. Now, sure, from an earthly perspective, a worldly perspective, you're probably not going to go to jail for spreading rumors or gossiping about people. You probably would if you murdered someone. So the earthly consequences, the worldly consequences, will will definitely be different. But the heavenly consequences are the same. It's all sin. The final attitude of godly suffering is trusting it all to God. We shouldn't find suffering strange. We should expect it. We should rejoice in it. We should evaluate why we're suffering. Are we truly suffering for God or are we suffering because we screwed up? And finally, during our suffering, we should simply trust it all to God. God is the creator of all. And when we commit our lives to Him, we're simply giving back to Him that which He has already created and that which He already owns. As the creator of everything, God knows what His creation needs better than what we do. 
So when you do entrust your life to God, He will take care of you and supply all your needs according to His riches. So those are the four attitudes to have. And when you think about your suffering that you have maybe had in the past or maybe you're currently experiencing, you can probably say, have you suffered because of your own wrongs, because of your own actions and your own sin? Probably. Because we've all messed up. Have you suffered for Christ? Possibly. If you're living a true Christian life out there ministering to people and witnessing to people and acting in a God-like manner, no doubt you will be persecuted, at least verbally, by someone. You know, most of us have probably never really experienced physical, you know, violent physical persecution here for Christ. But we should still expect it. And we should rejoice in it. And we should trust in God. Maybe our suffering today is as simple as being excluded from the crowd. Not being able to hang out with people or be invited to parties. Maybe we'll be called names or ridiculed for our beliefs. But whatever it is, we need to simply trust God and ask Him for the strength to persevere through it all. And that is the message that Peter was giving his listeners, his readers. Expect suffering, rejoice in it, evaluate it, and trust it all to God. It was valid some 2,000 years ago for those Christians, and it's valid for us today as well. There is a lesson to be learned through our suffering, and that our suffering should draw us closer to God. And that's what we need to remember. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, you never said that this life was going to be easy. You've promised all of us an invitation to your heavenly feast one day. But you never said that life would be a picnic. We ask for you to strengthen us through the troubles and the trials that come our way. Both the troubles and trials that we cause and the troubles and trials that you allow that you allow us to go through so that we may be made pure. Teach us to rely on you so that we may persevere through to the end. All so that you may be honored and glorified. Through your son's precious name that we pray and give thanks. Amen.